listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. She's going to hate you when this is over. Yep. You're sure it's not going to be a problem? It's a solid case. You call this normal. Do you hate your brother? This isn't about me. This is about what's right and what's wrong. The law is too important. You got me, Chuck. Dead to rights. Let justice be done. You drink one, drink two, drink three Long Island iced teas. But your buddy's worse off and he throws you his car keys. Blue lights are blinking four o'clock in the morning. St. Trooper makes you wish that you'd never been born. Better call Saul. Better call Saul. You want to tell the world you're in love with a girl named Fran? It's another episode of Better Talk Saul, Cinema Geekly's Better Call Saul podcast. It's Anthony and Glenn. Finally, sir. Uh, here talking some Saul Goodman goodness. And you missed the first four episodes. Ben and I covered them. Um, but I'm sure you've got some thoughts on how the show started. I really liked, by the way, I really enjoyed, and I said it in the uh, a couple of episodes back, but uh, they gave us like so much more time with Gene the Cinnabon manager at the beginning oh, yeah. of the season. Like way more time than we spent with him in the previous two like flash forwards we've gotten. Uh like we he's still got like a bit of Saul in him, I guess. When he like tells that shoplifting kid to get a lawyer. And by the way, Ben 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 said that he uh, doubles down on that. He agreed wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly with Saul. Don't let anybody take you anywhere to question you about anything unless you have a lawyer present with you. Uh, but yeah, do you? Uh, so, what are your thoughts on the on the first four episodes? What was it like? Did you binge like all four of them together, or, or all five together? Uh, no, I watched um, two last night. Or two two nights ago and three last night. Okay, so you you definitely did consume them though, like yeah. rather rather quickly. So any any thoughts on like the first four episodes? Anything in particular about the season so far? Um, I guess we can go with complaints first. Oh, uh, by all means, I'm sure there aren't a lot. No, no. Like I said, the only thing I can really think of that you and I talked about was the. The music, it's been really weird this year. I don't like, I don't, it's just, I don't, it doesn't, it's not like it seems out of place, just it's very noticeable. Because, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, which, which is weird because I never really thought of the music whenever in past episodes, like, especially anything that's focused around Mike because he's such a good, like, physical actor. Yeah. Which is weird because his expression doesn't really change, but he, I don't know, he just does enough enough subtlety that you, you know what he's doing. Like, you get it. Um, so it's just been, like, that kind of, like, tapping and stuff that it's been in the background. Like, I don't know, it's like they're trying to get to the Breaking Bad thing without doing it. <laughs> like, that really soft chimes or whatever. If, um, look, if, so this is like a, if this is a slow burn to a build for them, like, right at the end of this... To like just give us the Breaking Bad theme at the end, and they've been slowly planting the seeds over the course of a few seasons, like slowly, like eking in bits of the theme song. Yeah. That's incredible, by the way. If that's what they're doing, and I wouldn't but put it, it past Vince Gilligan. Yeah, it just—I don't know. Like, it's kind of taken me out 
a few moments where usually I'm like pretty engaged with the silence in it because it's like, oh, you know, you really got to pay attention because mm-hmm. you can't really rely on anything else. You have to watch. Uh, so that's been kind of that's just been kind of weird. Like it just not bad. It's just it doesn't seem like the regular music that they had even the first two seasons. Yeah. Like I said, this season's been kind of like a hybrid. It seems like in the music choices. Yeah, and you know, something a little. They have gone. I mean, they are. Because it's not like dark or menacing. Like no. it's pretty light, but it's just like it's no, like it's, it's cool. trying to be. Like it's masking itself. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it has. We have been trending towards Breaking Bad a little bit more this season. Well, they yeah, the, yeah. They yeah. pulled the trigger <laughs> with the return of Gus Fring, which uh, was incredible. Yeah. So, how do you feel about his appearances? Ben and I were very happy. Like, because any other show would have been tempted to do too much with them. And I feel like they've done just enough. Like, they've mostly kept it to friendly Los Poyos Hermanos, like, owner Gus Fring. And it's been very little of, like, the other side of him, which is obviously the more famous side from Breaking Bad. Yeah. Um, I feel like they've kind of done a really good job of tempering how much they use him. Well, you know, something that... I know we've talked about, I don't know, on air or off, but definitely we've talked about it. The thing that was, which is kind of going into why Chuck's been such a good foil, is he doesn't, I wouldn't necessarily say, okay, I'll use what Chuck says. He's a good man, like he, he he has no maliciousness in him, Yeah, but he does a lot of bad things that he thinks is a noble cause. Yeah. And I think with the show, there's clearly good people. Like, like I, I would say Kim is, you know, I don't think she really ever, she definitely helps Jimmy, but she doesn't do things outside of the law to help him. Um, and, you know, with her, I mean, I know this was last episode, but, you know, her talking to Mesa Verde, like things like that, like she, she does do good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, Going with Gus, like, we already know, we know his motivations. So, like, they don't have to lay the groundwork for a lot of that stuff. So, if you're a Breaking Bad fan or or whatever, like, for the most part, even if you're casual, like, you'll probably remember a lot of things about Gus. Yeah. Now, will you necessarily remember that, you know, he, he may or may not be gay? I mean, he definitely had a gay lover, but whatever his true sexual orientation is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you... You know, you might not remember that part, but you definitely remember that uh, Hector Salmanza got, got him killed. Yes, and um, so it's it definitely does a good job of of you know opening up the box, but without having to pull everything out. Like you can just kind of it opens it up, and you kind of look at what what's in there. You know, um, you don't have to be like, oh, remember this, and then get it handed to you. Like mm-hmm. so, you can hold it yourself. Like it, it does a good job of of just kind of jotting your memory without really just having to go all the way there yeah we feel like they did a pretty good job of of doing some more like like layering of like the gus and hector story like we got a little bit more of like why exactly these two are at odds with one another and uh gus telling the story about how he had his his first los pollos hermanos in mexico and Basically, Hector and his guys came in wanting money. 
Although that, that's the story he peddled to his employees. It's entirely possible he was running drugs even at that point. Um, well, he comes to the cartels about it. Yeah. And they kill him as kill the guy as motivation because, yes, he makes the chicken, but it's going to be Gus is networking. It's going to get this shit done. Like, yeah. that's... Uh, that's the important thing. Yeah. So they did. Um, they 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 they've kind of done a lot for like the backstory there, as well. Um, well, yeah, that like a- I think I don't know. I feel like most people were. I actually when I was watching Breaking Bad, like I was actually kind of rooting for Gus because to me at that point that's when Walter really just is he's a piece of shit. <laughs> so like all in all, like. There's always been good things to like about Gus, which is why whatever happened, like it was satisfying that he died because he was such a good villain. But it yeah. wasn't like I didn't want him to. I actually kind of wanted him to win because he he's never been unreasonable. It's always been Walter that's unreasonable, or these other like emotionally chaotic characters that have been emo- yeah thing. But the thing I like that they've done is with their retconning. Possibly. I mean, I'm sure this wasn't the idea before, but, mm-hmm. you know, with with Hector being in the wheelchair, you know, like whenever we see him in Breaking Bad, the, his physical state, you know, when Gus is telling Mike, like, you know, you know, death would be putting a gun to his head and killing him like that's That's not what he deserves. He deserves worse. So it could be effective him really just slowly but surely breaking down this man, you know, destroying his his connections and his. Mm-hmm. His supply, and then just capitalizing on his on him not taking care of himself physically, like that could yeah. be, you know, it's a nice added thing to it because then it sees like, oh, it wasn't like Hector came out of nowhere and surprised him. It was definitely that Gus wanted him to slowly but surely suffer and die. Yeah, and which it all, ultimately bit him in the ass, but it did. Uh, but so far, it's it's working out. Uh, pretty well. Uh, it's, it's weird that it took four episodes for us to see Nacho this season, and he doesn't even say anything. Right. So yeah, that was kind of weird. He was just in the he was just in the restaurant, right? Yeah, he was just standing there, just standing around. Yeah, that that's that is a little weird. He really didn't do much. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, but a lot of the... he's kind of been like the Saul of this show. Like, yeah, he's sort of just been in the background for this season. Like him when he shows up, but you know, yeah. Um, all right, so we're talking uh, episode five. Things have been good so far through the first four episodes. Uh, yep. All rated very highly by Ben and myself. Uh, let's see if the trend continues with season three, episode five. They don't ask me to rate them because everything. Just, I, it's, I, I couldn't tell you when one ended and one started. Too difficult <laughs> at this point. Too much binging. Um, season three, episode five called Chicanery. Uh, flashbacks to Chuck, uh, Chuck's home when he invited Rebecca over for dinner and he has to come up with an elaborate lie about the power to his house being cut so he doesn't have to reveal his EHS to her. However, Rebecca answers her cell phone, causing Chuck to, uh, knock it out of her hands in a panic. He refuses to explain his actions to her and forbids Jimmy from revealing the truth. In the present, both sides are gearing up for Jimmy's hearing in front of the New Mexico Bar Association after Jimmy meets with Caldera to acquire the services of, quote, someone with a light touch, unquote. Uh, at the hearing, things do not seem to be going well for Jimmy as they play the tape before the committee. 
Rebecca enters the courtroom, much to Chuck's surprise, though he believes it to be some sort of ploy by Jimmy to throw him off balance. Uh, Later, Jimmy cross-examines Chuck about the circumstances of the recording, Rebecca's presence, and his illness. Though Chuck remains calm through most of it, Jimmy reveals that Chuck has been carrying a fully charged cell phone battery planted by the man with the lightest touch, Huel, uh, he's been he's had this in his pocket for the entire hearing. It contradicted entirely his EHS symptoms. It's all in his head. Chuck claimed to uh, have this whole time, suggesting he has a mental illness. This triggers a sudden and uh, acidic tirade from Chuck as he vents all of his frustrations about Jimmy and how he should have never tried to help him. Chuck realizes too late that his outburst has shocked the entire courtroom, including the committee. Uh, your thoughts on the latest episode, Glenn? That was a really quick but exact synopsis. Yes. Like, I, it feels like so much more. There's so many moments in this episode, but that's like the nuts and bolts. Yeah, like I was saying, like, it, it does a good job of, like, if you were told that, you wouldn't have missed anything in the story, but you would have missed a lot that, that was happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I will say, like, when... I don't really care what order I do this in, but when Jimmy cross-examines Chuck, yeah, man, that just turns into you know a twelve-round fight. It is so and, good, yeah. And what's good is you get you know you get breaks before it happens, so you you, you know it's coming. Like you know he's gonna he's gonna not, be the one to talk to his brother. Yeah. And we're not talking about one of these fucking Mayweather fights where. Like Mayweather does, like the sweet science. No, this is Hagler avoids... Yeah, this is this is like brawling for twelve rounds. And it's just because what's good is like, you know, you know what both of them are gonna do, and you get a little bit more in Chuck's head yeah. uh, before it happens. So you know that he, he knows what what Jimmy's trying to do, mm-hmm. which. Which is why, you know, he even says it like, no, my brother can be pretty clever. And it's, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he, he can. Is. He's very clever. He's, he doesn't have to be smart. He's clever. Those are two very different things. Yes. And um, I just, because all, all Jimmy has to do is get him riled up. And he just sets up anything he can to get him to rile up. Mm-hmm. And he's got that ace in the hole in that pocket with that charger. I was just about to say the same exact phrase. Because there might be some people out there that are like, you know, you know, Jimmy took a really wild stab there thinking that this whole thing was in, uh, you know, Chuck's head. He really could have, you know, hurt his brother or whatever. But he, he did have an ace in the hole. This is like a callback to like, I think this was maybe in like the first season even. I'm not mm-hmm. even sure where Chuck ends up in the hospital and they have to turn off every fucking thing in the hospital. But Jimmy notices that somebody forgot to turn off the the power to his bed. Yep. And nobody else realizes it, including Chuck, who is suffering no ill feelings, and he notices it, Jimmy does. So it's like, I, I feel like from that moment on, he knew that, like, this is in Chuck's head. And, you know, I think he kept going along with it. Uh, well, because with the he knew his brother wasn't being completely truthful. Yeah, but at the same time, like if it's a mental illness, if it is psychosomatic, like he might actually be feeling real pain, and he doesn't want to put his brother through real pain. But 
the the chips were down in this case and his career in the in uh in the business of legalities was on the line and he was like fuck it i know it like if if somebody were to slip something onto him and he didn't know uh that it was there it wouldn't affect him because like he has to see it in order for it to like trigger in his head but it's not a real thing it's all in his head and if he doesn't know that it's there it's you know it's not going to affect him and yeah it, it was it was a double it was a double turn as well because chuck guesses he's like jimmy do you have something in your pocket and he's like yeah and he pulls out his phone and then chuck you know grabs it and pulls out the back and he's like you know there's no battery in here and he's like oh well shit cuz that's a, it's in your pocket well and also him by doing that and showing that he doesn't have a battery in there you know chuck is trying to prove the point that oh, his brother isn't bad. Like, he does care about him. So, like, he's using it to his advantage for the story because, like, he says he doesn't want to get him jail. He just wants him to get his law degree taken away. That's all this is about. That's all it's ever been about. Yeah. Or, he doesn't so think Jimmy is says. fit to practice law. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, him trying to carry that story and then whenever the battery's in, I mean, he just loses it because it's just like, you never really cared about me, Jimmy, and you steal money from her. And it's just... Yeah. You paid I mean, off the guy at the copy... At the copy place, like, he did start sounding unhinged. Um, Jen, who does not watch this show, um, was home this particular night and, w- and and was just watching this one episode with me. And he's like, wow, he's this this whole unhinged thing isn't going to work out well for him. And I look at her, I'm like, you know, the best part about all of this is, and she goes, what? And it's like, he's not lying about any of this. It's all true. <laughs> he did forge the papers. He did pay the copy guy. Like, he sounds nuts. And the fact that, like, you know, now that the 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 bar committee has seen that this is, in fact, psychosomatic, this is a mental disability, he sounds crazy, but he's not lying about any of it. It's all true. No, the only thing that is that is mental is his electronic. Yes, but Jimmy has framed it in such a way to make it seem like oh, yeah. he's incompetent. He's just all he, all he has to do is discourage one thing. And it all falls apart for Chuck because he's made himself susceptible to it. Um, which was uh, kind of going into that with their cross-examine. Like, you know, when he points out the exit signs and it's like, oh, they're far away. And it's like, okay, yeah, you know, some of that stuff he's he yeah, said. Yeah, he said they're low electrical current. Yeah. You know. Like he tries, he, the problem is, is when Chuck tries to rationalize it, that's when you can poke holes in his story. Uh, and then whenever, you know, of get, 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 the last shot, just him looking at those exit signs and that's, you know, oh, there's no escape. I mean, you can't. That was brilliant. Yeah. It's done. That, um, that was sorry. so good. Yeah. It's just, uh, this might've been my favorite episode so far this season. And, and it all took place in one spot. And, you know, another one was, um, which, a good, you know, which was cool. You know, they had, when they had, you know. Jimmy talking to Chuck and, and that kind of stuff. Oh, sorry. Hmm. Uh, but when, you know, Kim's talking to Howard and, you know, you can kind of see that little gleam in his eye. Like he's, he's proud of her. Like, <laughs> Oh God. Yeah. And there's a bit where she fucking nails him to the wall. Like, he, oh, with the nepotism no, thing? yeah, there's no way he should have walked in, like given her a door that big to walk mm-hmm. through. Cause he would, he was having well because this whole thing has been about Chuck. So if yes. you're trying to make it about Chuck and then veer it to him, like that's not probably yeah. what he's setting up for. Yeah. So he was 
she was trying to get Howard to explain the story of Jimmy working at HHM. And he was, you know, talking about it, like how he was working in the mailroom and then like under everybody's noses, he went and got his law degree and passed the bar and became a lawyer. Nobody knew about it. Not even Chuck and like, you know, holy shit, what a go getter attitude. You know, surely you must've hired him, you know? And Chuck's like, no, we didn't. And she's like, why not? And then he's like, because uh, of nepotism? Yeah, that's the ticket. Chuck didn't want to hire him because he'd be worried of, of how bad it would look. And she's like, could you tell me what HHM stands for? <laughs> and he's like, Hamlin, Hamlin, McGill. And what's the other Hamlin? It's my dad. <laughs> it was like, fuck. Well, Chuck was the one worried about it. Yeah, but holy shit, she railroaded him on that one. Well, that, but he did recover well with, like, I can talk about him working on Davis and Maine if you want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, like, no, we're going to not talk no, about that No, we're one. good on Davis and Maine. We'll just pass on that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, but, yeah, yeah, like, he gets up, like, you can tell, like, you know, even from the beginning, he, he just thought, this is whole, this is stupid, Chuck, just let it go. Like, it's, I think that's the thing, what was... Why you know we talked about for the last season like what we really liked about Hamlin was you know he was put up as the foil and then turns out like no really he not necessarily was rooting for Chuck but like or rooting for Jimmy but he you know he, his nickname Charlie Hustle which you know we always kind of thought was a negative connotation like really is you know he's giving him credit like dude like <laughs> you work the streets you get it done. But, you know, we always just assume because of what we know of Saul, like, it just, he meant it in, like, a con way. Like, he's a con man. Like, I really thought that's what it was. He didn't didn't mean it in the Pete Rose way of, like, he always busts his ass and... Well, no, he meant it in the bad Pete Rose way. Rose way. (laughs) He turned into a different guy to Charlie Hustle. Yeah. And so uh, it was just, uh, yeah, you know, like, like he's sitting on there and, like, you know, you can tell, like, he he is proud of them. Um, and that he kind of thinks this whole thing is stupid. Like Chuck, like, I think he knew like there's Chuck, you, you're not going to win. Like for, they have way more at stake than you do. Even if you thinking that Jimmy needs to get it away, like he is fighting for his career and his life. Like the only thing Jimmy knows at this point is I can do law. I can do it. Well, I may not do it the way you want me to, but I can still do this. Like he, Mm -hmm. Him having to prove something to Chuck is way more powerful than than Chuck trying to disprove him. Yeah, um, it's a so. Here's a question: uh, What do you think Jimmy's motives were in bringing in Rebecca? Was this like a failed attempt to actually shake up Chuck, and Chuck just figured it out, and he's like, "It's not going to shake me up." I really think what he was trying to do. I think I really think he was just trying to put as many things. To make Chuck uncomfortable, uh, and whatever he can get to be the straw that breaks his back, he will win. Yeah, and it didn't. It didn't have to be her, but her being there is definitely going to make it uncomfortable. Him having to say those words out loud, like that's not what he wants. Or, you know, again, if he can get him to break, well, then the last thing Rebecca saw him do was also snap, mm-hmm. and now the last thing he's seen him do is snap, and it's. She didn't know anything about the disease, so probably for her, she just thought, you know, something, he's just not handling life well right now. Yeah. And then, 
you know, and now this happens, it's like, oh, now it's really doubling down. This whole thing that I felt sympathetic for having to do this whirlwind 180 degree change. Like, oh, now I'm just worried for him, like, for his mental state. Like, that's, I think it was more of that. Like, he was just trying to line up as many things as he could to get Um, him to break. It was, uh, it was really cool to see Huel back because everybody loves him. He's kind of a douchebag in real life. Is he? I, I've not heard stories. Uh, I don't know. Ben posted something not too long ago about what he had said. Really? Yeah. Well, he's an enjoyable character in the show, at least. No, I mean, I'm never going to watch his stand-up. I don't care. But I like Huel. <laughs> Agreed. I like I like Huel. Uh, and it's nice to know that he's not alone anymore in that house. Because uh, I believe that was the last we saw of him, right? In Breaking Bad? Yeah. Where they're like, stay right here, we'll be right back. And then they never came back because those, those people were got killed. Presumably, yep. he'll just stay in that home forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice to see. It was nice to see the character back here. Unfortunately, we did not get to see more of one of my new favorite characters this year, which is and she was in this episode, but she didn't really do anything. And I'm talking about Francesca, the paralegal. Uh, oh, that, she's great. <laughs> that that bit earlier in the season where like Jimmy coaches her to like how to talk to old people who call talk in. Talk about Cracker Barrel. Talk about Cracker Barrel. <laughs> like, oh, is that a dog I hear in the background? I love dogs. Like, you know, the make weather. Talk, talk, make it folksy. Can you talk about the weather? Oh my god, she was. And like the best part is like there would be scenes with Jimmy and Kim. But you can hear Francesca in the background still being all folksy to people that she's answering the phone to. And then, then of course, there's to Mike. Mike, and she tries to be all folksy to Mike. She's like, it's not working on this one, Mr. Wheel. Oh, my God. So there really wasn't any Mike in this episode or Gus. Like, they did a lot of that in last week's episode. Yeah, four was mostly about them. Uh, So this was focusing mostly on, on the Chuck and Jimmy thing, but... Man, you were so right. It was like a like a grueling contest of like just back and forth, uppercuts and crosses and shit. And uh, Jimmy got like the knockout at the end. Uh, what I really thought was going to happen, and I'm sure Will is like turns into like Jimmy McGill can't practice law, but it is something like that literal. It's like, well, you said Jimmy McGill can't, but doesn't mean. Saul Goodman, Saul Goodman can't. Can't. like I really thought that's where this was going, and I'm sure this is not over. I am 100 certain this is not over. I haven't heard I haven't heard Vince Gillian talk about this, but has he? I'm wondering if I'm wondering if the idea is to do five seasons for this as well, because I know we've timed it out. I think uh, like year wise, because I think somebody went and figured out like the year that this show started in, like when it's taking place, and the year Breaking Bad started in, the year that it takes place. Um, and I think people figured that this would be like about a five season show as well, uh, or maybe four. I'm not sure. Yeah, but, but it depends on. I mean, like, because what Breaking Bad almost the whole show really takes over the like until like the last season. But like, yeah, then like the first like four and a half seasons take place over like a year and a half or something like half. that. Yeah. So the time the time really slows down once you get to it. Because um, I want to say the first season was only like six months. Like I, I remember, it, like we kind of figured it out. Like it's not not a whole lot of time has jumped. Because I think this starts in two thousand and three, going into two thousand and four. So it'd be like three and a half, four years. Yeah. But you know, Jimmy doesn't show up until season two. So there could uh, be a whole season of overlap where 
even Gus has these guys cooking for him in the basement, and it's like, oh, well, I haven't met him yet. Uh, the ratings have been predictably low, uh, as per usual with this show. Yeah, AMC uh, doesn't care, though. They've actually dropped a little bit. They were averaging about two to two and a half million last season, and they're struggling to hit two million at all this season. But, uh, you know, this is like that show like Breaking Bad did not have the tremendous ratings until, like, you know, the tail end of season three or season four. And that's when, like, everybody heard about it and decided to watch it. And then it became well, very I don't well watched. Think AMC's too worried about it because, no. or even Sony Pictures, because. They have a deal with Netflix, kind of like the CW yeah. shows. Like once the CW season is over, they all go on Netflix. I mean, if you haven't noticed, the whole season of uh, Legends of Tomorrow is already on Netflix. Oh yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you're gonna have Everybody a buyer watch for it, it. And I think there's a lot of people who are just like, oh, I'll wait until it's done or get. Like my friend, he he just now watched the first two seasons, and he really likes it. And it could just take time. I mean, a lot of people yeah. are like, oh. I don't want it to be like Breaking Bad, or if they watch the first couple episodes, they're like, oh, I just felt like Breaking Bad, but it wasn't. I'm like, no, you got to give it. It's way different. It just takes a couple episodes to get out of there. It feels familiar, but it's totally different. Mm-hmm. And it's got the same. I mean, that's the that's the thing that's so great about this show. It has everything that made Breaking Bad great from a technical standpoint, from like a showrunner standpoint, writing, cinematography. Uh, tone, all of that stuff, but it's a completely different show. It's just all with the same people who made that other show, within, mm-hmm. and it's within the universe. Uh, so it's got that familiarity, but you know, it's not like it's trying to be Breaking Bad and it's failing. It's doing its own thing and it's like succeeding magnificently. This is easily one of the best shows on TV, and it's. Uh, for me, it's like the best show on TV that isn't like a genre show. Because mm-hmm. like a lot of other people will, you know, point to like a, a Game of Thrones or a, you know a Stranger Things or something that is like way more in the like the cinema geekly sphere of uh, of influence, I guess. Just far as like a straight up show, this is. I mean, and if you want to make the case that it's like the best show on TV, period. I'm not going to argue with you at all. It doesn't. But, well, the thing is, I, I don't really mean this as a harsh word, but it doesn't have like the gimmick. Its yeah. gimmick is that it's a spinoff, but like not really. I mean, yeah, you could never have watched Breaking Bad, and you could still enjoy the show. Just Breaking yeah. Bad gives you more context. But I would really find it. I really would find it interesting if you watched this show. And then watch Breaking Bad. I think like that'd be an interesting time. case study. Yeah, like for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's. I mean, I was going to say it's unfortunate that I can't do that, but it's. It's really not. It's like knowing where this character <laughs> ends up. Uh, and and, the, and this char- and this show isn't even doing that, where you know where this character ends up, because we're doing the flash forwards, and that's all brand new information. We still don't, don't know what the finality of it is. Like we don't yeah. know what happens to him does he just work yeah. at the cinnabon in fucking omaha his whole yeah. life or like i eagerly and and that I, I will admit that is a gimmick it's not like a big audience drawing gimmick but it's a gimmick that works on me where i eagerly await the beginning of each new season because it's yep. the only time we get that glimpse and i you know it's um like aurora and i were having this conversation when we were talking about guardians of the galaxy 
and because they do a good job with just making you give a shit about the characters, you forget that there's a really touching moment between a blue guy with a giant mohawk and a raccoon. Okay. There's like a touching moment, and then all of a sudden you realize, what the hell is happening? Look at these characters. Uh, this show does the same thing, where I am engrossed and thrilled. Like, I'm trying to get pick out any detail I can about Gene, the Cinnabon manager. <laughs> like, I'm just looking for any little bit I can find. Like, what's like he seems like a decent boss. Like, you know, it seems like the people who work for him, you know, think mm-hmm. he's okay. Yeah. It's so, it's, you know, this. it's just a, uh, as Ben, as Ben has stated, like, the, many of these episodes are just like master classes in writing and putting shows together. Um, well, I mean, that's kind of what Vince Gillen does. Yeah. I, I kind of wish he would do every TV show. I feel like, I feel it could like be him though, and Brian Fuller. They're the only ones who make TV. <laughs> only people who make any TV. Um, I mean, look, the genre guys can still make the genre stuff, but like outside of genre stuff, put those guys in charge of like everything. And, It'll be a, a, another golden age of television. He's just the best. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add about the episode this week? No, not not really. Um, just um, I'm really excited for when the Mike Gus stuff kind of overlaps with Jimmy. Like, yes. I, I think that's what's going to get Kim to leave him. Ah, like once like she. Fi- yeah, because like these. If she are, like, finds out that this guy is, he's not good. <laughs> right. It's like so we find out like we know what happens to to Saul because we've watched Breaking Bad, so we know what happens to him. But like it's all the questions uh, surrounding that. What happens with Chuck? What happens with Kim? Uh, you know how do you know how does all of this stuff come to be? Uh, that's the that's the really fascinating stuff. You know what I would like to see, and I do, and I don't. I would like if this was a fanfic thing. I don't want it to be canon. Because okay. it's just, it's really corny and it's cheesy. But if he's in home, Omaha and she just also happens to be, that's where she lives. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I... Oh, like Gene the Cinnabon manager? Yeah, like he's there and like that's where Kim is. He sees uh, her one day in the mall. like, And that's how the show ends. Yeah. I wouldn't hate it. Like, I don't want that to be the Dude, ending. That's... Because they're better than that. They're better than that. Like, but it being schmaltzy, like I don't know. I can deal with it. Yeah, that's nowhere near as schmaltzy as the fanfic would be. Like, they'd have them like see each other and refall in love and get back together. Oh yeah, it would go through this life that they didn't have, and then yeah, she'd walk out of his jazz bar. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, really, the only thing is, I just, I really like the way they do their relationship. Yeah, same here. Like, it's not, oh, boyfriend, girlfriendy, or... And not even, like, this whole 21st century, oh, don't put labels on things. It's just... Mm-hmm. I, this feels like... It's really mature. Like, things don't have yeah. to be said. It's it's just, just understood between them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's just kind of... it's ve- it, feels very, it feels very authentic. Yeah, yeah. and which is... It, to me, it's like, it's a good, like, counterbalance to... Shows I've been watching. You know, I've been watching community a lot lately, and it's a lot of back and forth, like over the top sitcomy. You know, will they, won't they? You know, Diane and Sam Malone kind of shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you know, even like with Flash and, and especially Arrow. Um, yeah. Like it's just it's a nice 
change of pace from very, what I've been watching. I mean, even other good shows, I mean, it's very, very different to, than that. Yeah, this just feels like a this just feels like a legit realistic relationship. Yeah, it's really, all... that'd be the thing. Like, if I could see them on a panel, like I would really want them to explain like how they came to the conclusion and and, and especially the execution of how they're handling those two relationships. Like that that couple, it, it's just so different than what we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe you would see something like that if it was, like, an older couple. You know, oh, they've been married 50 years. Like, you're past all the romantic stuff. It's about, you know, this person's in my life because I do love them. But it's deeper than that. And it's just kind of, like, you don't really see that, especially in television. Yeah, you don't see a lot of that at all. Like, the only thing I could think of is, like, uh, to a certain extent, not not like this because it's brief and you're not really sure, but kind of like... Uh, an edge of tomorrow, like how they handle Tom Cruise, and Emily Blunt. Oh, Emily Blunt, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it's not like oh we're in love, but it's like definitely like you know they care about each other. It isn't even it yeah. could be platonic, it could be whatever, but like there's definitely something there, but it doesn't have to yeah. be drilled over in your head. And that, like you've never, there's never been like a sex scene in any of these shows. Like they don't have to rely on on the gotcha stuff with skin. Yeah. Um, I guess the most sexual thing they've done is squat cobbling. So, like, <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, like, I, I really like, it's good writing. They, they, I feel like they just, I don't know if they force themselves or it's a conscious thing. Like, they don't rely on, on sex or, yeah, or, or tra- anything, like, the, graphic yeah, that way. All the trappings that you see in, like, normal... TV relationship type stuff. Well, even like the violence that happens in it is violent, but it's like, it's quick, it's over with, it's done. Mm-hmm. For the most part, you know, like when Mike gets shot, like that was really graphic when it happens, you know, and, you know, and Walter shoots him, but it's not like, you know, he just says, you know, like, shut the fuck up and let me die. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> that's just kind of how they deal with it. I mean, the only thing that would be really over the top, which is why we saw it a place, was when, um, Kristen, uh, what's her name? When Jessica Jones chokes on her own vomit, like that was Kristen Ritter. Yeah, Ritter. I was gonna say Stewart. But like I know that's not it. Like <laughs> no, no, no. Last name. A soft by a letter, but yeah, close Oops. enough. Just good. Yeah. Uh, what would you give uh, chicanery then? I I I feel like this is not the like best thing to say whenever I come back. Yeah. Um, but I. I want to say five. Okay. And it's because I was on my phone when I, as it was starting. Mm-hmm. And I, if I judge things by, and I was like, you know, having a conversation with someone. So like, if I just put my phone down and I'm like, yeah, I'm not even good. And I don't even think about answering it back, knowing that they're texting me back or something. Then that's, that's a good that's a good barometer as if I'm engaged or not. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, don't feel bad. Uh, I also gave this a five. <laughs> uh, this is a fantastic episode. Best episode of the season so far. It's not the first five I've actually given out, though. Although I prefer this to uh, the last five. So Did you give it to two, I guess? Um, I don't remember. It's possible I even gave it to last... It's possible I even gave it to episode four. I don't remember. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I've 
I've liked a lot. There hasn't, there has not been a sub four and a quarter episode this season for me. You so, say, I don't think we've ever given this any of these episodes below a four. I don't think we, yeah, I don't think there's ever been a below four, which makes us maybe sound like fanboys. I don't know, but everybody else tends to agree with us. It's damn good television. I mean, it's a shame that like it didn't win anything at the Emmys last year. Like it's that's dumb. Nearly. Uh, nearly impossible. That's not impossible. Uh, to okay, so this if the is it the first episode? Yeah, it's the first episode because he's driving through the the desert. If they don't win best fucking directing for an episode, yeah. oh my god, that part where he has the storm behind him, like I don't care. That's a obvious Gorgeous. like. Yeah. It, it's such a cliche, but damn, did that look good? Like you not see like, those lightning strikes off in the background and stuff. Yeah, I think as well. Yeah, that was. Beautifully shot. Usually, when it happens, like it's just a dark cloud. But they like they they waited for a storm to actually happen for yes. them to get that shot. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> is gorgeous, uh, and they've done so much good work. But you know that's par for the course with this show. That's the thing, like with the show, like you have these great, beautiful landscapes of New Mexico desert. And then they'll like, then there'll be an episode that's just inside of a courtroom. But it also just feels that expanse in that in that space because so much is going on. Yeah. Um. So I can't believe it's halfway over this season. This is such crap. I know. It's. I was. I was going to say this. This might not be easy for you because you haven't been able to talk about the first four episodes at length, and you're only going to get to jump in for five through ten. Uh, it sucks, but I think we're going to be on track now. Yeah, we should be okay. Uh, we should be okay to to handle the the rest of the season. Pending ben, pending disasters, I should be okay. Pending disasters. Uh, ben did his due diligence and helped us out, and it is uh, greatly appreciated. Uh, so yeah, cinemageekly dot com. Head on over there. Check out the archives of Better Talk Saul. Uh, the show is also available on iTunes and Google Play Music. Uh, just search for Better Talk Saul. And of course, you're going to want to subscribe to the one with the big yellow artwork. That would be ours. Because since we started this podcast, there are now two other podcasts that are called Better Talk Saul. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, pretty sure we were, I'm pretty sure we were running before them. Yeah, I we was were. Doing, I was doing Google searches and uh, app, like iTunes searches, and nothing was coming up. And uh, we started doing that podcast with season one and now all of a sudden there are two other uh podcasts with that name so we're the one with the big yellow artwork that's the one you're going to want to subscribe to uh and new episodes will be delivered as we put them out we're the one whose backgrounds as gaudy as the show's backgrounds for its colors indeed in the title sequence <laughs> indeed uh so they're we'll so disgusting i don't like even they just, are like, awful, the back right? of a truck with with a license plate i'm just like ah, oh, that's just so like Gross. Yeah, like cigarette butts and just, you know. I think they're great, but. Yeah, no, they're great, but I just, I don't know. Like, I, they find. They, they, find they just, look so sleazy, which is, you know, the point, but. Yes. They find just sleazy, trashy things and film them. I wonder if they, uh. I wonder if, uh, they, they put those together or if they just find sleazy things about New Mexico and just film them <laughs> for the title sequence. Uh. I don't know. We'll find out what's in the title sequence next week. Uh, we'll be back talking season three, episode six of Better Call Saul, called Off Brand. Better Call 